Are boneless wings just fancy nuggets? You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, we are going to be looking at the games from Thursday, six of them, and previewing seven games on Friday with some injury updates thrown in as well. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. To it. Let's get to it. Indeed, the first game we take a look at, the Charlotte Hornets and the Washington Wizards. The Wizards get the win, 121-107. I'm not really going to touch on all-star stuff here today. You can say that Bradley Beal was a snub. You can say that Devin Booker was a snub. You can say that Kyle Anthony Towns was a snub. You can say that Zach Levine maybe was a snub. You cannot say that Derrick Rose was a snub. But the, look, the guys that are in, I've got no problem with them. I think I didn't actually release my all-star picks up to the, up to, uh, the very date, but none of those guys who were in... Uh, guys that I could complain about. I think those uh, guys are very similar to the teams I had about three or four weeks ago when I did the reserves. Not much difference, if any difference at all, in those squads versus what I put out a a while ago. Yes, you can make those arguments pretty clear. I don't think I had Westbrook in. Maybe that was the difference over in the Western Conference. Um, But again, Westbrook or Booker, I probably would have taken Booker, but I don't think it's egregious. Uh, Beal in in the Eastern Conference, I I don't really see it there. I, I don't see who I'd be taking out. Maybe it's maybe it's Sabonis, maybe it's Jason Tatum, but I'd still rather have those guys in. I think they probably still deserve it. Um, I, I don't think there's any, any real you know uh, complete conspiracy, or as Isaiah Thomas likes to say, oh it's a it's a political thing from the NBA. It's not. It's just a bunch of coaches and having their votes tallied. But he can think whatever he wants. But let's talk about this game that he was playing in. The Wizards get the win, 121-107. Miles Bridges, yes, it was against the Wizards' defense, but he played well, 23-6. 34 minutes, three triples. The minutes are going to be fairly solid from Bridges. The production's going to be up and down. I think we're all well aware of that at this point in the season. But that's still strong enough to be, I think, close to a 12-team league guy. He's barely a 12-team league guy on the season, but that was pretty strong. While Rogier had 21-7, and and Devontae Graham continues to just... I don't know what he does, but it's pretty rude, whatever he does to your field goal percentage. 11 points with 8 assists and 3 steals. Bill Hernan Gomez, 16 teamers, you want to take a look at him because he's a good per-minute player, and he's got that backup role. 12-4 and four with a steal and a block in 20 minutes. Um, Nick Batum out of the rotation once again, while Malik Monk's getting a ton of minutes, but only 7 points on 25% shooting. Absolutely a 14-team league guy to look at, while Paul Washington Jr., he suffered an ankle injury. He returned. He scored 15 points. He did absolutely nothing else, and it came on good efficiency. But his percentages are wild. They just vary so, so much that he is hard to get a grasp on. I think he is a 12-team league guy, but he's really on the border as to where you go from here with him. 123rd ranked player over the course of the season, Paul Washington. On to the Wizards. Speaking of Washington, Beal was great. 34-9-9. Maybe it was an all-star slub, snub revenge game. 93 from the line on 15 attempts. While the tank, Tom Bryant. He uh, moved back to the bench. Scott Brooks said he was playing him too many minutes after he played him 32 last game. That's cool. Uh, only got 23 here. 21-8 and eight with a block on 82% shooting. Trying to work out what the hell to do with this guy is really tough. 
If he's only going to play backup minutes behind Mahinmi, he's not going to be a 21-8 and eight player uh, in those 23 minutes every night. But I think we still have to roster him and just see where it goes. Because the potential is there if he gets minutes. If he's good enough to get those minutes remains absolutely in question. But it's just it's really hard to get a full read on what's happening with Tom Bryant. Isaiah Thomas actually played RK today, 18 points in 22 minutes. While Ish had 11, 5, and 7. Neither of those guys are 12 teamers. While Troy Brown had 12 and 6, picking up his minutes with Jordan McRae's sideline. When McRae and Hachimura and Wagner return, I, I just don't see Brown having any 12 team viability. Um, Gary Payton started, but then Davis Bertans started over him in the second half, and he was ice cold Bertans. One of eight for six points with one three. If the shot's not going in, he's doing very, very little. Well, Isaac Bonga had nine points in 29 minutes. Interesting, Onzes Pesesnik's out of the rotation here, so Bryant can move back in to be that... Um to be that backup center, uh, Hachimura is going to put a, a bit of a, a cramp on things. I, I don't think, by the way, that Hachimura is a must-roster player when he comes back. Uh, you all know my misgivings about his overall fantasy game. If you're the type of fan that knows your sports so well that you could choose any game and call it, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn all of your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. The Super Bowl is coming up. The NBA is in full swing. The college basketball season leading into March Madness. It's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're that kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to 1000 bucks. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Let's swing it over now to the next game. From Thursday, we're looking at the Toronto Raptors. Made hard work of it against the Cavs. 115-109 was the final score. No Marc Gasol, not surprisingly there at all. Gasol, uh, so Barker started, played 33 minutes and had 26 points. He is going to see way more minutes and is a must-roster guy and probably a sell-high guy while Gasol is out. Lowry had 23-5-5 and with four steals. That was strong, while Siakam had 19-5 with four steals. Also, Van Vliet couldn't hit anything. Eight points on 23%, but seven rebounds and 12 assist is strong. Well, the water boy, Chris Boucher, got those backup minutes uh, right behind Ibaka, and that's it. Like That's all we're getting from him, so he's not a 12-team ad. He's maybe a 14-teamer. He's a streamer. 10-4 and four with a block is good, but it's not going to cut it for 12-teamers. Well, Norman Powell, the shot was off early. He hit a couple of late, ended up with 16 points in 26 minutes on only 42% shooting, but the rest of his line is pretty empty, while the Jedi, Oji Ananobi... The Wrong button. That's the one. Hello there. Yes, hello there indeed. Didn't give us any defense, didn't provide any value, not a 12-team league player. On to the, uh, the Cavs. Darius Garland was back after resting and looked a lot better, more in control. 16-5-8. I still think he is a 12-team league guy, while Colin Sexton had 23-4-4 four and, four and continues to play well. While Larry Nance, 26 minutes, 13-9. What did Tristan Thompson play? 27. This switchover is happening, guys. Larry Nance is the guy that you want. Thompson, I believe, is a droppable player in 12-team leagues. I've been saying about this all season. While Kevin Porter is taking Chetty Osman's minutes. 29 for Porter, 22 for Osman. 13 points with 7 turnovers for Porter is not ideal, but I still think that he is a flyer type in a 12-teamer that you absolutely want to be taking a look at. Let's go on now 
to the next game. It is the Philadelphia 76ers going down on the road to the Hawks. The Sixers just struggle so much on the road. It's pretty ridiculous. They were without Al Horford and Josh Richardson in this one, but that's still no excuse. The Hawks win 127-117. Benny Simmons had 31-6-5 with four steals, continuing his strong play. And it's good to see him doing that without Embiid, or with Embiid there. Well, how's Shake Milton? 27-5-6. 27 points for Shake Milton. What? Five triples, 35 minutes. He started in place of Richardson again. Shot the ball well, shot the ball often, got to the line a ton. There's a lot of flukiness in this game from Milton, but he's an interesting deeper league streamer while Richo is out. Matisse Thibel started in place of Horford, the painter, only 17 minutes, got his two steals, but had four fouls, so the playing time is limited, while Ferky from Turkey and Harl Neto combined for zero points in their 41 minutes, missed all 13 of their shots, and if their shots aren't going in, I don't know what the hell they're giving you. Toby Harris had 21-9, while Mike Scott had 11-4. Joel Embiid, 21-14. So a decently strong game from Embiid. On to the Philadelphia 76ers, their opponents, the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young, 39 points, 6 rebounds, and 18 assists. An absolute monster. Got to the line 20 times as well, while Vince Carter played 24 minutes. And that was mainly so he could go out there and take on Joel Embiid and absorb those fouls and protect guys like Damian Jones and John Collins. But it was a big game from Carter anyway. 14-6 and six with two blocks and two triples in 24 minutes. And he continues to really be a marvel at the age of a million and 20, perhaps. Johnny Collins had 17 and 20. Not much else, but that's still pretty good. Well, with no Len and no Jabari Parker still, no DeAndre Bembry, no Bruno Fernando, Damian Jones got a start, 26 minutes, 14 and 7 with two blocks. I wouldn't read too much into this, but there's really no other centers around. And if these guys continue to be out, you'll get some marginal deep league value for Jonesy. Kevin Herter played 33 minutes and had 12 points with two triples. I still believe he's a 12-team hold, but in shallower leagues, I'd be okay with moving on. Well, Jeff Teague looks, looks, he stinks. Four points in 13 minutes. Surely nobody here is holding him in 12-teamers. And you know what? In 14-teamers, I reckon you've got to make that call too. 15 points in 36 for DeAndre Hunter with four assists. Still no defensive numbers. 14-team league guy. While Cam Reddish, who is the most added player on Yahoo over the last day, which seems pretty wild. 12 points with two threes. Now, to give Reddish credit, he shot 40% on threes in January. That's fantastic from a guy that was at about 4% earlier on this season. He's a points and steals streamer. Uh, sorry, a threes and steals streamer sort of a guy who you'd prioritize behind someone like a Trevor Ariza, more of a 14-team league guy. I wouldn't be rushing to add him in 12s. He, is a, he was a good streamer for today, so perhaps that's why all of his ad numbers were up for uh, for this uh, slate of action. Well, this, this day's worth, this Thursday's day's worth of games in the the NBA. Let's move on now. The next game, the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. The Celtics win 119-104. D'Angelo Russell, 22 points with five assists in 28 minutes. And the wizard, Omari Spellman, only played 22 minutes, less than Marquise Chris, but got some defensive numbers, two steals and two blocks. Now, Chris looks like he's going to be limited to a 23 to 25 minute role, which makes him a back-end 12-team league guy, but hardly a must-roster guy. 9-3 and three for Marquise with two steals and a block there, while Alec Burks had 18 in his 24, while Damian Lee showed something for the first time in a very long time. 11-7 and seven for Lee, still more of that 14-team Lee guy. The triangle, Eric Pascal is not a 12-teamer. Four points in 23 minutes, while Draymond, lots of people, oh man, I need to drop Draymond. He's a 78th-ranked player this season, so if your league is that shallow or your team is that good that Draymond Green is a drop, then I don't actually know what's going on there. Despite his struggles, he still is that guy comfortably in the top 100, like comfortably in the top half of fantasy players, yet people are still talking about dropping him. I don't quite get that. Little Dog struggled a little bit, 11 points in 28 minutes. For the Celtics, Jason Tatum was back. 
He had 20 and 6 in his 24 minutes, while Jalen had 18 and 7 in his 27. Marcus Smart got hot, 21 points, 6 assists, and 5 threes, while Hayward had 25, 8, and 3. All of those guys are must roster players, while Daniel Tice, only the 26 minutes, but still pretty productive. Five points, eight rebounds, three assists, two steals. I like him as a 12-team league player. He's a top 100 player over the last 20 games. Kemba struggled a little bit here, 13 points on 13 shots, and he was in my uh, sell high or my top 20 podcast I did the other day saying that he does vary quite a bit in terms of numbers and production, and we saw the downside from Kemba Walker here in this game. I have a podcast that I'd like to talk to you about. Imagine for a moment, it's the year 2010. You leave your high-paying job at a blue-chip software company, come home and do the same thing you've done now for weeks. You go to the medicine cabinet, you grab five painkillers from your cancer-stricken wife's never-ending supply, crush them up into a fine powder, and wash it down with a tumbler of vodka. It didn't used to be this way, and it's about to get much, much worse. This is the story of Robert B, and he tells it on the powerful new podcast, Keep Coming Back, Real Stories of Sobriety and Recovery. Each week, host Mike S interviews and unravels stories of people who fell down and have managed to get back up again. The broker who blacked out and woke up in another state not knowing how he got there. The college senior who tried controlling his drinking only to wake up in a jail cell. Everyone loves a comeback story, so subscribe and listen to Keep Coming Back, Real Stories of Sobriety and Recovery. A link to the podcast can be found on the Locked On Offers page. Next game up, the Utah Jazz. Big comeback at the end, but they end up losing to the Denver Nuggets, 106-100. Pretty poor night for Donovan Mitchell. Only four points in his 35 minutes. Couldn't hit a shot. He was one of 12. Had the eight assists, so at least dealt with some fantasy value there. But Torrey Craig locked him up during this game, and it was not a good performance from the Don. Jordy Clarkson, he uh, stepped up, though. 31 minutes for Clarko with Mike Conley out. 37 points with seven triples, two assists and a steal. That is as Jordan Clarkson a game as you can get. He had two rebounds and two assists only. He just jack shots. They went in. Don't get overly excited about it. Gobert had 21 and 11 with three blocks on 90% shooting, while Jingle and Joe had eight assists and eight points. And with Conley back, he played an extra few minutes. We got a bit more of the ball in his hands and more assists. I am worried a little bit about what's going to happen to Ingles when Conley is back and rearing to go, although that may never happen. Uh, Boyan had 18 and six triples. And uh, Royce O'Neal had two points in his 26 minutes. Very uh, limited impact from him. For the Nuggets, they were without Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, Jamal Murray, Mason Plumley, And uh, Monty Morris got a start in this one, along with Jeremy Grant. Morris was much better coming off the bench than starting. Seven points with four assists here, while Fart and Will Barton had 18 and five. And Jeremy Grant, yeah, fine enough as 15 and five. We know that Grant is a 12-team league guy for now, but I also believe that he is a sell-high player. Michael Porter still only the 25 minutes, but 12 and 12 with a steal and a block. The fact that he's only pushing to 25 minutes with all these injuries is a little bit worrisome about what his role is going to be when everyone is healthy. But for now, he's got that 12-team league value. While Torrey Craig had his best game in almost forever. 36 minutes, 13 and 10, one steal, two blocks, banged his face on the rim, shut down Donovan Mitchell, a really good performance, but of course, we know who Torrey Craig is, we know he doesn't do this really ever, and he's not even a lock to be a 20-minute-a-night guy when everyone is healthy. Big Chungus had 28 with 10 assists and three steals on 58% shooting, so a good night there from Jokic. Let's move on. To the last game of the night, and this was a blowout, but not probably in the direction that you expected it to be. The Kings blow out the Clippers, 124-103. De'Aaron Fox, who still has some real issues with his free throws, was great otherwise. 34 points, 8 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks, 
58 from the field. And 60% from the line is a little bit of a concern. While the undertaker, Dwayne Dedman, also filled it up defensively. Four steals and three blocks. He had 11 and 11 in 31 minutes. And with Marvin Bagley out for the next three weeks or so, uh, Dedman can have some maybe 14-team league value if he's not traded. Bud Heald, 26 minutes off the bench, 19 and 7. Now, that production's fine. But in the four, of the four games he's come off the bench, he had a 38-minuter, and then 23, 23, and 26. And that is obviously some level of a concern. It has helped his usage, and we're still holding him, but I don't think you shouldn't be worried about it. But he did play more minutes than Bogdan Bogdanovic, who also had 15 with six rebounds, three assists, and hit four triples. Uh, Bielitsa, second bad game in a row, nine points in his 29 minutes, while the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He might as well have taken a shit on the court. He had six points in 32 minutes and is still rostered in just far too many leagues. Fingers out of assholes. Drop him. There's no need for it. No need for this Harrison Barnes foolishness to continue. We also had 30... Speaking of things we don't need to continue, 33 minutes of Corey Joseph. He had 16 points with seven assists, so I'll give him credit for putting up some big numbers, but not something we should be relying upon. This was a blowout really early because... Although the Beatle Paul George returned, Kawhi Leonard was a very, very late scratch. He warmed up, he was announced in the starting lineup, and then he didn't play. He had lower back tightness, so the fun guy was out. Paddy Beverly returned also, 11 points in 24 minutes, while Shamit got the start, 31 minutes, 15 points, 5 threes, an excellent three-point streamer. We'll see what his role is. There is some talk that he probably will start, as he should, when uh, when Kawhi and Paul George are both playing. They're going with this Paul George at the two nonsense, so Harkless can start at the four. He's a little bit ridiculous. They need Shamit in there, and we'll see if Doc makes that change. That could give him some stream value and 14-team league value. George only played the 19 minutes. He was rough. 2 of 10 for 8 points with 4 rebounds, while Mo Harkless had 4 and 4, and Lou Williams 22 in his 30 minutes. But it took him a lot of shots to get there, and of course, he does tend to get more of those shots when one of Leonard and George are out. Big game from the table, Montrez Harrell, 21 and 7 with 3 blocks for Harrell. Poor free throws, but good field goal is pretty much the story of uh, his entire career and season. Let's look at some of that injury news now. Marvin Bagley, as I mentioned, dealing with this uh, foot injury. He is going to be reevaluated in three weeks. That doesn't mean return in three weeks with that midfoot sprain. I think you could consider dropping him. He wasn't that good before the injury. He's out now for three weeks, unless you have injured reserve where you stick him there. Otherwise, he's a drop. While Rashawn Holmes looks like he is going to be returning at some point in the next two to three games. So that's better news on the Holmes front. If he is on your waiver wire, I would be adding Rashawn. Mallow is going to be out. No real reason I've seen that's been given for him being out, but he's not playing on Friday, so that's uh, something worth noticing. While Alfred Payton, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Marco Goodrich have all been suspended for one game for that on-court fracas we saw on Wednesday. I think that Nilakina will get the start, but he's also dealing with a groin injury, so it could be an opportunity to stream in Dennis Smith Jr., while for the Grizzlies, hopefully that means Brandon Clark gets minutes, but it could be Solomon Hill that steps up in uh, in his absence as well. Luka Doncic, of course, the biggest injury news, sprained his ankle. They're a little bit worried about it. They think it's similar to that ankle injury that cost him about two weeks earlier in the season. Wouldn't be surprised to see that put him out through the All-Star break. Jalen Brunson is the guy to add there. He was the guy that stepped up last time with Doncic out. Yes, last time DeLon Wright was dealing with a sore groin, so he didn't really get that full opportunity. But I think in terms of playmaking... Brunson's a much better option, and I think that's what Carlisle will do. Now, Tim Hardaway is also dealing with a back problem, so Wright might get his minutes anyway, and you could consider adding him. I would have Brunson over Wright as an add, 
but you could add Wright. You could also add Seth Curry there if you're looking for some points and threes. Well, as I mentioned, Kawhi Leonard dealing with that back problem. I don't think it's going to be anything too serious, but of course with Kawhi, we always need to check that out and make sure he's good to go as we move forward. Let's go to DFS now. We're going to be looking at FanDuel pricing across for this seven-game slate on Thursday. All right, the first game we take a look at, the Toronto Raptors and the Detroit Pistons. The Raptors are on a back-to-back, and they are four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. The total, 223. We don't know for sure, but I'm pretty certain that Marcus Gasol won't be playing in this one, while for the Pistons, Markeith Morris is questionable. Uh, if he misses, that's going to be interesting to see what they do there because it looked like Siku was trending towards not being uh, in the starting lineup, and maybe we get some crucifix starting next to uh, Andre Drummond, or maybe we get uh, Thon McCare moving in there, of course. At point guard, Derek Rose at 7,300. Not bad price for Rose. Probably limited upside, but pretty strong, uh, strong floor. While Reggie Jackson's been crushing it at 4,600, I think you've got to consider him an option. I'm waiting for it to come crashing down for Jackson, but so far it hasn't. So it's been pretty good from um, from him so far since he returned. Uh, Kyle Lowry's at 7,100. Yeah, I like that price a lot. The back-to-back's a little bit worrisome, but 7,100 is a strong price for Lowry. At shooting guard, the Shark Bruce Brown's at 4,300. I don't care for that. While Van Vliet's at 7,000. I like the fact that that salary is down. And he, after a disappointing game on Thursday, is prime for a bounce back. So I like him quite a bit here. Storm and Norman Powell at 48 is hard to get behind, while Snell and McKay look similarly. For your small forwards, you've got Siakam's at 8,300. A strong 40-point floor, I believe, for Siakam, which makes him a pretty good option here. While Markeith Morris and the Jedi, Oji Ananobi, aren't all that good. Ibaka is, though, at 5,700. Absolutely love Surge. One of the best plays of the day. The Crucifix is at 45, uh, Christian Wood. And I think his value skyrockets if Morris is out. So he is an option to me, no doubt about it. Uh, Hollis Jefferson, Dumbayar, Chris Boucher, not interested. Well, the big avocado, Andre Drummond's at 9,600. Now, Marc Gasol normally limits what centers can do, but Drummond's had a pretty good record against Toronto, and Gasol's not likely to play. So I'm okay with utilizing Drummo here in this matchup. Let's go on to the next game now. We're looking at the Chicago Bulls and the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets are favored by five, and the total is 220.5 points. Daniel Gafford has been upgraded to doubtful, so he's probably still not going to play, but that means that the Luke Cornett nightmare is almost officially over. Of course, the Bulls list every dickhead in their dog as, as probable. Thomas Sadoransky, Denzel Valentine, Chris Dunn, Ryan Archer, Jackano, Chandler Hutchison, and Luke Cornett are all probable. They're all going to play. They just go through this uh, nonsense every single game, and it's frankly pretty friggin' annoying. Um Sadoransky's at 5,100. Really like that floor value for him, while Irving's at 89. Now, we know the Bulls are pretty good at limiting opposing point guards. That doesn't mean that Irving won't have a good game, but can he get to that 45-point mark? I think we have to put it in the doubtful category. Well, Chris Dunn only played 17 minutes last game, so hard to work out what the hell was going on with that. I don't imagine he plays those low minutes again, but I also don't think that he's a good tournament guy. At uh, or, or cash guy for that matter. Spencer Dinwiddie's at shooting guard. He's at 6,800. Played well next to Kyrie. Now, he does always seem to play well against Detroit. Maybe it's a revenge game. Uh, at 6,800, I think that's more of a tournament look for him. While Levine at 83, I'd smash that for Zach. That's a really, really good price. Levert, not interested. Smoke and Joe Harris at 44, and I don't care about that at all. While the artist formerly known as Torian Prince, he dropped in 44 against the Pistons. Obviously, that's a really good score. He is as inconsistent as they come, and that makes him uh, a little bit harder to get two behind. But 5,300 is a pretty strong price for, for Prince. And I'm not bad. I'm, I'm okay with it. While Chandler Hutchison dropped in 33 last game, he'd be a, a tournament sort of guy only. 
at power forward. Thad Young's at 52. No upside, but not a bad cash option. Cornette's at 43. I, I don't think we can get sucked into that. Well, Jared Allen at 63. Great matchup for Allen and the centers, but the Jordan handicap is in play here, and that salary is too high for Jared. Chris Felicio is going to be a pretty hard no most of the time, and DeAndre Jordan's up at $5,000. The only reason I'd consider Jordan here is just because of how bad the Bulls are defensively at center, but I still wouldn't want to get sucked too much into DeAndre Jordan. Next game we look at the Memphis Grizzlies and the New Orleans Pelicans. Jaron Jackson Jr. and Marco Goodrich have been suspended for this game for their involvement or getting off the bench in that scuffle between the Grizzlies and the Knicks last time out, while D'Anthony Melton is doubtful with that sore hand. At point guard, Jar Morant's at 7,400. Like him for 40 here, so this is a really good spot, while Lonzo's at 6,600. Dropped off just a little bit recently, Lonzo, and that salary is probably a touch too high. I think we can do better at the point guard spot than Lonzo. At shooting guard, Kyle Anderson at 3,600. I don't really care too much for that. He might get some extra minutes with uh, Jackson out, but I don't think he's a high-profile guy. While 5,600 for Dylan Brooksy Brooks, who's been playing really well and been giving us those numbers almost every night, save for the six-point game he had the other day. Uh, at 5,600, I don't mind him in both formats. Holiday's at 76, and I love that price. While Josh the Hitman Hart and JJ Redick are not guys that I think we really want to go near. Crowder's at 44. You could not find a more inconsistent bloke if you tried, so that's a no from me. While Solly Hill could get, a, could get a start. He's a minimum salary player who maybe has a 25-point game in him. I wouldn't put too much stock in that. He's maybe a tournament guy at best. While Brandon Ingram's at 7,700. I like that that salary is coming back down, but his production in the last three has not been good, mainly due to poor shooting, but his rebound rate has also disappeared. So at 7,700 for Ingram, I do think that he is more of a tournament guy than anything. At power forward, Brandon Clark's at 52. He's been outperforming that salary anyway, and now Jackson's out, so hopefully we get more minutes from Clark, so I like that. While Zion's at 6,500. Hasn't quite got to that level yet. Uh, can he get there? Of course he can. I think that this matchup suits Williamson. I think he's a, an interesting tournament guy. Derek Favors at 56, not feeling super keen with him, while Jackson Hayes not interested, and Jonas Valanciunas at 7,000. I really like that with Jackson out. They should have to rely upon Jonas quite a bit there in that front court. The Dallas Mavericks and the Houston Rockets, of course, we know that Luka Doncic is out. We know Dwight Powell is out, and now Tim Hardaway is questionable uh, with a back issue. If he is out, you're going to get a lot of D-Lon, a lot of Brunson, and a lot of Seth Curry in that backcourt and on the wings. Maybe Justin Jackson jumps in there as well. As for Brunson, I said Ibaka was probably the player of the day. I think it's Brunson at 3,600. He was really, really strong in the games that Doncic missed earlier this season. At 3,600, I think you absolutely have to go that direction. Berea at 36 is a tournament guy, while Seth Curry at 43 should also be getting a lot more shots, and I like Seth at that salary. Rusty Westbrook's at 11-1 because he's been dropping 60 bombs continuously. Um... I don't know if I trust it. I'm getting closer to trusting it for Westbrook. I think he's not a bad play here. Well, Austin Rivers has been playing much, much better. 26-point average over his last five, and at $4,000, that sort of gets it done. He's very unsexy. There's very limited upside, but if you're looking for a cheap guy to get you 25 and get you 6, 7x value, then maybe Rivers is that player. D-Lon's at 4,200. He played 16 minutes last game and had six points on the back of a 30-minute game, but the one before that. But with uh, Doncic now sidelined and perhaps Hardaway out, they're going to almost have no option but to go with D-Lon. So he looks like a strong tournament guy. While Harden's down at 10-1. We haven't seen Harden this bad in years and years and years. So I think that he would be an interesting guy to have a look at, especially for tournaments. 
Eric Gordon starting at small forward. Um, that didn't go all that well for DFS purposes, only for tournaments. While Hardaway at 43 would be an interesting guy with John Chich out, I think. Finney Smith at 41 doesn't really get me all that excited. And Dan House and Justin Jackson, not the greatest DFS contributors. At power forward, Porzingis. Porzingis. He's at 6,400. Yes, the minutes have been limited, but he absolutely roasted everybody when Doncic was out last time, so I'm looking for him to get back to that level. I like him a lot. Maxi Kleber at 38. Um, oh, the other thing I've mentioned, we don't know what's happening with uh, with Clint Capella. Now, he's not on the injury report, but he only played 17 minutes last game, so that was obviously a concern. That could push PJ Tucker's minutes up, but he's still not a great DFS guy. If you're looking for that low-end player, I'd rather an Austin Rivers at that sort of a salary. But Tucker's not far off that level, while Kleber at 38 has really struggled, just can't get the minutes up, and he's not playing with Paul Zingas well at all. Capella's at 72, only for tournaments. He just... Only played 17 minutes. Now, whether that was Hassan Whiteside or whether that was his heel or whether it was a combination of both, we don't know at this point, but he's not on the injury report. So that uh, salary has dropped so far down that you could sneak him in as a, as a cheeky GPP guy while Cauley Stein just don't see the playing time that's available for him there just at this stage. The next game we take a look at, the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Phoenix Suns. The Thunder are one-point favorites, and the total is 222 and a half points at point guard. Ravishing Rick Rubio is down at 5,500. He has been struggling. There's no doubt about that. But that salary down that low gives me good uh, a good feeling about using him at that sort of a price. Chris Paul's at 73, probably a good cash guy, not so much as a, a tournament upside player. And then you go on to your shooting guards, where you've got Gildas Alexander at 7,700, who's been really, really strong for cash games, and I like the matchup here a lot. Schroeder at 6,000, also really strong for cash games, and Devin Booker at 8,900. That's a big price from Booker, and the matchup's a marginal negative. Well, not marginal. It's a pretty significant negative going up against the Thunder. I think Booker at that salary is maybe pushing a little bit too far, but I'm not... I'm not against using him, obviously. I just think we can probably spend it better. Lugens Dort had 29 points last game. Terrence Ferguson is out again, so Dort will get another start. That was by far his best game. So I don't really see repetition coming for Dort at that sort of uh, at that sort of level. Ubre is at 6,400. He is uh, in a bit of a slump with his shooting at the moment and a bit of a negative matchup. I'll probably fade off of him while the rooster Italian Gallinari... Italian Gallinari? The Italian cock, the rooster, Danilo Gallinari... Hands off my cock. That's better. He's at 6,200. Probably a cash guy to me without much tournament upside. When McCall Bridges started last game for Phoenix, he had 33 points. He's at 4,800. Now, he could just disappear offensively. That's a real concern. I think he's still got some tournament value, but I'm not massively into it. At power forward, Nerlens Noel's at 4,400. He's putting up good numbers. Just it's hard to see the complete upside there. Even when Adams plays 25 minutes, he's not playing 25 or 23. He's still stuck at 20, which is the concern there. Well, Sharich at 3,900, I don't care for it. Aiton's at 8,200. I think that's a really good value play, while Stephen Adams is just doing absolutely nothing. If you're going to get back on track, though, Aiton does allow some pretty decent production against him. So 5,300 is an interesting tournament look there for Steve-O Adams. The Denver Nuggets and the Milwaukee Bucks. The Nuggets are on a back-to-back. No Paul Millsap, no Jamal Murray, no Mason Plumlee, and then Gary Harris was out on Thursday. We don't know if he's going to be out on Friday. So some opportunities opening up there for the Nuggets. Um, Bledsoe's at 6,100. Giannis also, sorry, questionable as he's the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo. Bledsoe's at 6,100, and I'd be all about that if Giannis is out. Otherwise, it's, it's a little bit of a middling option. While Monty Morris could get another start, he started Thursday with Gary out, so that could be an option there. At shooting guard, DiVincenzo's at 45. We know George Hill is out, so that does help DiVincenzo. At 4,500, he could be a cash guy, but he's 
questionable himself, while Middleton at 72 would become absolutely smashable if Giannis is out. Otherwise, if Giannis plays, it's a little bit dodgier. Uh, Sterling Brown, Wes Matthews, I don't really see much with those guys. At small forward, Yanni's at 11,600. This should be kept close enough for him to at least get that value, so I like Hunter DeCumpo here. While Farton Will Barton is down at 5,700, and that looks like a pretty good price tag to me. For your power forwards, Ursan's at 3,600, and if Giannis is out, that is really strong for Ilyasova. I'd like that quite a bit. Michael Porter Jr. at 48, pretty strong price. I'd like that as well. Well, Jeremy Grant at 6,200 also has been routinely beating that number. So value in all three, Porter, Ilyasova, and Grant as the power forwards here. And then at center, Lopez is at 5,000, probably more of a tournament guy than anything, while Big Chungus Nikola Jokic is at 9,800. Relatively strong floor player who does have some upside to go bigger. So he's available or useful in both formats of DFS. Let's go on to the last game of the night. We're looking at the Portland Trailblazers and the Lakers. The Lakers are 13-point favorites. Anthony Davis has cropped back up as being questionable with that gluteal ass issue, while JaVale McGee is probable. Alex Caruso is questionable, while Mallow is out for Portland. At point guard, Rondo's at 4,200. I don't really care about that one, while Lillard's at 10,100, and he has been killing it, averaging 66 over the last five. Now, can he do it against the Lakers, who have been really good defensively? It's a challenge to keep it up to that level. I would say he probably can't, but I'm happy to be proven wrong. McCollum's at 7,100. He's a, a tournament guy to me. You are Dan Green and uh, Gary Trent Jr. and Casey. Actually, Gary Trent at 39. He's getting 20-plus minutes a night and 20-plus points. I don't hate that as a cheap guy to, to build uh, to build into your lineups. Well, KCP's at 37, and Avery Bradley's at 35, and they're not doing it for me. I am interested in Trevor Ariza, especially with Mallow out. 4,300 for Trev. That's a pretty good price. I'm in on him, while LeBron's at 11-2. LeBron James. That's a pretty strong price for LeBron, who has been a little bit down of late, but I still think we look at him as a pretty good value play who's averaged 33, uh, 63 points Sorry, the last three times up against the Portland Trailblazers. At power four, Davis is at 10 3. You know, I wouldn't really trust him if his ass is acting up again, so that's a no. While the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, if Davis is out, he's a good GPP guy in that scenario. At center, we get Dwight and JaVale McGee getting a boost, of course, if Davis is out, and uh, Howard at 48 would become pretty good. While Hassan Whiteside's at 83. He's been really good, but Lake, the Lakers have a habit of reducing the impact of opposing centers. So if you're going to fade away from Whiteside, this is probably the game to do it in. Let's look now over on Fangel at some uh, so DraftKings at some options. Brunson, Brandon Clark, Valanchunas, uh, Barea, Finney Smith, uh, Prince, Kuzma, Porzingis, LeBron, Davis, if he plays, McCullum, James Harden, uh, Zion, not a bad option over there as well. On the old DK. That'll do it for me, guys. End of another week. Don't forget, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. You can find me uh, on Twitter at RedRock underscore B-Ball, Instagram, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.
Josh Richardson.